This is a continuation of episode two, part two of the Knockout Sports Show podcast, where we will continue to take a way too early look at high school football teams in Montana Class AA high school football. We already talked about the Sentinel Spartans, the defending champs, and the Bozeman Hawks, who are only a year removed from being state champions. They were the state champs in 2019. Right now, we'll talk about two more teams, one from the East and one from the West. Now, you're probably wondering, Knock, why are you doing four teams uh, here in one episode? The reason is, is because I thought about it, and I'm like, if I do one team per week, and even if I did two teams per week, I would still be doing these previews in late July, and by that time, that's really not that early. We're not that far away from the start of the high school football season. So because I did get a late start on doing the Way Too Early Look series, that's just more work for me, which I'm fine with. And like I said, I want to get all these teams done. That just means I have to cram four teams into an episode, which, believe me, we won't have a problem doing because there is plenty to talk about with these high school football teams. And like I said, I don't mind doing it. Like I said, this is a very interesting breakdown. Gives us an idea of what these teams uh, either have or, or what we're going to find out about these teams once we do, one, finish the summer camp schedule as well as uh, getting ready for training camp for these high school football teams in early August. So like I said, it's going to be really interesting. I'm happy to do part two of episode two of the podcast. Uh, as I mentioned back in episode uh, two, part one, I will have a bonus episode of the podcast coming out later this weekend as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Again, if you want to subscribe, just hit the subscribe button, whether it be Apple Podcasts, the Podbean app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever choice that you have to where you listen to your podcast make sure you hit the subscribe button for the knock on sports show podcast also follow the show on twitter and facebook at the knock on sports show hopefully soon i'll be having uh the equipment necessary to interview coaches as well as players we will be doing that and i'll also have my player rankings coming up and my schedule release for high school football teams my schedule rankings and then once we get towards the end of july we'll probably have my preseason power rankings as well so, without further ado, let's jump right in our continuation as we take a look at team number three. A way too early look at the CMR Rustlers. Head coach Dennis Morris enters his second year at the helm. Went 2-6 and six last season, 0-1 in the playoffs. Again, Coach Morris had a very difficult task, being the first-year head coach, trying to navigate a pandemic while trying to coach a team for the very first time. Lack of an offseason, all of those types of things. I can only imagine how difficult that was for Coach Morris. Uh, but again, CMR was a very, very tough football team. I know they had a lot to go through as well during the regular season with all the COVID precautions and all those types of things. I know they had some uh, situations with numbers and all those types of deals. Uh, again, a very difficult first year, but you know what? This team still competed very hard, and it allowed for some younger players, which we'll get into here in just a little bit. Uh, but again, uh, the Rustlers, as we all know, the program, a team with a ton of pedigree, uh, a ton of history, uh, a team team that dominated decades before um, obviously uh, we, we you don't I don't have to tell you about the history of what uh, the program is all about uh, but again there this is a different era obviously 
new century, clearly. But at the same time, this is a different era of wrestler football. They're trying to get back to where they once were. And so now uh, we'll see if they can get there with head coach uh, Dennis Morris. But again, it's going uh, to take time. CMR finished sixth in the East. They beat Belgrade and Gallatin, lost to West, Bozeman, Senior, Skyview, and Great Falls at the end of the season. The Rustlers scored 132 points while allowing 289 points. The Rustlers were in the minus with 157 scoring differential. The average scoring margin was minus 20 points per game. The Rustlers did make the playoffs last season for the first time since the 2015 high school football season. Let's go ahead and take a look at the players graduating from Coach Dennis Morris. Number 35, Wyatt Hagen, a receiver, had 10 receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. You look at Logan Korn, also uh, on the receiving end with two catches, 27 yards. Going to the defensive side of the football, number 22, Joseph Stevenson, 27 tackles, two tackles for loss. You look at Tyler Marr, 13 tackles, four tackles for loss, two sacks. Uh, Stephen Gwynn. Uh, 11 tackles on defense. You look at Bryce Hall, 11 tackles as well. Cole Burkowski, Kellen Lawhorn, uh, Anthony uh, Roden, and Andrew Altschwager. Uh, I hope I'm saying those last names uh, right. If I didn't, I do apologize. Again, uh, it seemed like a little bit of a smaller senior class last year uh, for CMR. Uh, in at the same time, too, you know, guys that kind of laid the foundations uh, for Coach Dennis Morris's program in the first year. And, and like I said, it was just very, very tough. I feel for those seniors uh, that weren't able to really get the most out of their senior football season. Again, lack of an off season, all those types of things. Looking at the players coming back. You look at two guys that took snaps at quarterback. Uh, you look at Rafe Newbarra, uh, quarterback. He completed 102 passes out of 201. That was a 50% completion. Uh, he had three touchdowns, nine interceptions, had 76 carries, 138 yards, eight touchdowns. Also had four receptions for 74 yards and two touchdowns. So Rafe doing a lot of things a lot of different ways. Uh, also, Cole Taylor. Uh, you know, completed nine passes out of 23 attempts for 97 yards, had two touchdowns, two interceptions, 16 carries for 60 yards, and also 16 catches for 151 yards and two touchdowns. On the ground attack side, you look at Jackson Simonson, 73 carries, 463 yards, four touchdowns. A.J. LaFerge, 83 carries, 422 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, on the receiving end, uh, some of the leading receivers, Ashton Perman uh, had 24 catches for 200 yards. You look at Gus Nunez, uh, 20 catches for 196 yards. Um, you look at uh, Tristan uh, Shanks, who had 16 catches for 160 yards, also was the kicker on the team, went 10 of 13 from extra point. Uh, Anthony Oaks. Uh, 14 tackles, one tackle for loss. You look at Derek Rothwell, 13 tackles, three tackle for loss, and one sack. Caden uh, Doran as well. Gabriel Price, uh, eight tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack, and two interceptions. Tanner Grove, uh, the leading punter back as well. 21 punts, 732 yards for an average of 35 yards per punt. So a lot is coming back for Coach Dennis Morris, and that's great. For CMR. When I was looking at this and putting this together, 
for the rustlers. I just kept thinking about that. And you know, the more names that came up, I'm like, all right, they got this guy back. All right, he played a key role. This guy's back. This guy's back. This guy's back. And so it just leads me to believe that um, that Coach Dennis Morris definitely is going to have some options and some weapons at his disposal this upcoming season. And guys that are going to be able to, with the fact that they didn't have an offseason last year, and I know everybody didn't have an offseason. I know that. But all I'm saying is, is, in a way, this is truly Coach Dennis Morris' first true offseason with this team. So I'm very curious to see with what Coach Dennis Morris, uh, you know, has uh, and what he does with this offseason. You know, where they go for camps, how do these guys develop, how much time are these guys putting in the summer as well. Um, very curious to see. And like I said, hopefully we'll get a chance to chat with Coach Dennis Morris either later this month or sometime in July. But the fact that he's got so many key guys that got such experience last season coming back, that's got to help this program. And when I mean a ton is coming back, you look at the number of touchdowns that were scored last year for CMR. There were 19 touchdowns scored last year for CMR. Of those touchdowns, one was scored by a senior. The other 18 touchdowns come from players that are coming back this upcoming season. And again, when I'm talking about touchdowns, I'm talking about receiving or rushing touchdowns. I'm not talking about passing touchdowns. So take the quarterbacks out of the discussion. I'm talking about guys that either caught a touchdown pass or rushed for a touchdown. 18 touchdowns are coming back from last season. 93% of the points that CMR scored last year is coming back to this football team in 2021. Again, when you've got guys that have experience and they can come back for another season, in just the way high school football works, that usually leads to a good season. And I'm not saying that automatically makes work, because obviously this is all paper and we know the game isn't played on paper. But again, when you just look at the numbers here, 93% of the points scored is coming back to this roster. And so you have to, if you're a CMR fan, you have to feel optimistic. And I have to imagine Coach Dennis Morris is excited about getting these guys back and, and finding and fine-tuning where these guys can really stretch defenses or attack offenses or create turnovers or get sacks or any of those types of things that are keys to winning football games. So the main question that I look at for this football team is not so much who's going to play quarterback. Because I think you look at it, I think Rafe Newbrawl, is the guy that's going to be the starter. We'll have to see because obviously, you know, guys that I think are starters one year don't end up being the starter. So, like I said, we'll have to confirm that with Coach Dennis Morris. But, again, looking at the numbers, I would think Rafe Newbrot would be the leading guy coming back considering what he was able to do, um, you know, completing 102 passes and, and, and all that. So uh, I would think that Rafe's the guy coming back for and leading the charge at the quarterback position. Uh, but again, you never know. Uh, we could see somebody else there. So I think Nubaugh's the guy. Um, also, you got to like what you have at running back for the for the wrestlers. I mean, you got two guys there. And if you got two guys that can run the football effectively, when you're talking about LaFerge, you're talking about Simonson, Again, not a ton of carries over uh, a seven-game schedule, eight-game schedule uh, for these guys. Seven for the regular season. They also also had a playoff game. But again, not a ton of carries here. You're talking about 83, 73. Those guys will probably, I'm not going to say double those numbers, but we're going to see more or less. I wouldn't be surprised if either one of these guys ended up in some form or fashion around 90 or 100 carries each because they're that effective. So when you got two running backs that you can give the ball to, um, that wears down defenses. And 
at the same time, too, keeps backs fresh as you get later on into the year. Again, you're looking at receivers. You've got guys that are coming back here that have experience. Again, 24 catches, 20 catches, 16 catches, all over 150 yards. Pretty impressive stuff. So, again, they've got options. They have weapons that they can look back to and say, okay, these guys know the offense. They're only going to excel, excel in year two. Uh, defensively, Anthony Oaks, again, one of the leaders on that defense. You look at Rothwell as well, uh, did a nice job. Three tackles for loss, one sack. You really like to see that. Gabriel Price uh, with what he's able to do. Again, one sack, two interceptions. When you can see a player like Price get sacks and get to turn the ball over, that's huge uh, for a defense. So, again, I really like what I'm seeing from this team uh, coming back. Now, ultimately, one of the bigger questions, and again, this is going to be just because you don't have stats for offensive linemen. You have stats for defensive linemen. It's tackles, it's sacks, fumble recoveries, things like that. But it's tough to have uh, stats for offensive line. So the real question, I think, for, for CMR, what kind of size are they going to have this upcoming year? How many guys are going to be back on the offensive line that had experience from last season? I think that's a big question. Again, when you talk about when you see teams that have success in the AA, they usually have big offensive lines. Now, again, there are always there are always exceptions, but usually it's guys and teams that have big guys up front. So that's a question uh, for them. Uh, like I said, there's just there's a lot to come back for this team. So it's not so much a question of who's being plugged in where, what young player is going to have to step up and be a first-time starter. We're, we're seeing a lot of guys that are coming back for this roster. So I think the, the biggest question for CMR is how much growth do we see in this offseason? Again, if you're talking about success in the football season, it's happening in late May, it's happening now in June, and it's happening in July. How much growth do these football players on this roster make by the time we get to the start of the football season. Again, training camp and the regular season, that's all a byproduct of what happens during the summer. We all know this. You hear the cliches all the time, but it's true. That's the reason why it's a cliche. So I, I'm really curious to see, I think, ultimately, how much improvement this team makes going into this year. Um, again, you know, I look at the arrow. I talked about that a little bit uh, with Bozeman. I look at the arrow for CMR just because of the number of guys coming back. And again, that, that 93% number, I feel like the arrow is pointing up. Ultimately, where does that put CMR? Ultimately, we're not going to really know because, again, you, we, we also have to get to the regular season to see what this team does against uh, tough competition. Uh, looking at their schedule, uh, their non-conference games, uh, they got Hellgate and Glacier. Uh, they'll be on the road against Hellgate. So that'll be a very interesting matchup. Uh, you know, you think back a couple of years ago, um, it was CMR versus Hellgate that snapped the Hellgate losing streak. So Hellgate was able to grab its first win in a couple of years. Uh, so this will be a very interesting matchup and a very telling, I think, for CMR and just, okay, where where is this team at? Because, again, you know, Hellgate, they're a team uh, that's also struggled. They're on the rebound as well. So I'm very curious in that first week matchup. I think this could be one of those sneaky good games uh, when we take a look at the schedule in its entirety in, in week one. Um, again, like I, I've talked about before, you know, just the offseason, how much is this team going to improve? Uh, I can think this team can be very dangerous. It depends on the line play. Uh, but one of the other things that I think is who's going to get the turnovers? 
I think I counted four interceptions for CMR. Not that many sacks for CMR as well. Those are two numbers that really do have to change on the defensive end. Again, when you talk about the way we see winning football teams along with the offensive line, it's teams that can get after the quarterback, and it's also teams that can create turnovers. When you've got a defense that can create turnovers, give your offense extra possessions, give your offense even shorter fields, that just continues to add to the win total as well. And that's something that we just didn't see from CMR last year, so I'm curious to see who can step up in that role of being that turnover creator, who can lead the team in interceptions, who can be that guy that that you know leads a team in pass deflections. Who can be that sack artist uh, for this team and, and get to the edge and, and really make that quarterback uh, start speeding up his internal clock of when he needs to get rid of the football. That is my way too early look at the Rustlers as we are breaking down high school football and Class AA in Montana with my way too early look series. This is the Knock On Sports Show podcast. I am your host, Anthony Knockreiner. That finishes up our first team. Let's take a look at our final team, and that would be the Hellgate Knights. Another team in the West and a team that I think is really interesting. We kind of talked about it in episode one of the podcast just because – well, you got Ian Finch and Leo Filardi, two dangerous wide receivers uh, that put up a lot of big numbers last year. And, uh, you know, I'll be curious to see what they do this year. We kind of talked about that back in episode one. But looking at the Knights, their 2020 record, 1-6, no playoff appearance. They finished uh, seventh in the West. Head coach Mick Morris is in his sixth season at the helm. His record so far, 6-30 in his four years in varsity football, 0-1 in the playoffs. Hellgate made the playoffs in 2019 as a sixth seed. Hellgate beat Flathead last year 28-20, while Hellgate lost to Sentinel, Big Sky, Helena, Capital, Butte, and Glacier. Last year, Hellgate scored 142 points, giving up, 200, giving up 329 points, which led to a minus 187 point differential and a minus 26 in scoring margin on average. When you talk about the players graduating from the Hellgate Knights, you look at quarterback Dante Mayuri, completed 100 passes out of 229 attempts, enough for 43%, completed with 1,439 yards, 14 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Ryan Volstadt. He also uh, threw the ball a little bit, ran the football a little bit, caught the football a little bit, and did a lot of tackling for the Hellgate Knights. A Swiss Army knife, uh, kind of similar to what we saw from Raleigh Wooster uh, for the Hellgate Knights football team a couple of years ago. Uh, but Ryan did a lot of great things. Uh, 49 carries, 252 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, caught six passes for 91 yards. Led the team in tackles with 77, eight tackles for loss, and an interception. Uh, you look at uh, a dangerous weapon in the return game and the receiving game uh, for the Hellgate Knights, Braden Turzo. Uh, 16 catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. Had 20 carries for 42 yards and a touchdown. Also on defense, 47 tackles, one tackle for loss, one interception, and two pass deflections. Uh, you look at Lucas James, six catches for 64 yards. On defense, 39 tackles, four tackles for loss. Uh, Ethan Eppert on defense had 43 tackles. Keyshawn Lee with 28 tackles also had two interceptions and four pass deflections. Also Wyatt Gunlock uh, on defense had 16 tackles and one tackle for loss. Players returning here. And this is one guy I didn't talk about and I and I should have. And I and I'm I I apologize for that. But this guy unfortunately had his season cut short. Even though it was already a shortened season because of COVID, but he had a season cut short because of injury, and I'm glad he's getting one more year. And that's Jacob Sweatlin. This kid was doing really well. Uh, you talk about 32 carries, 228 yards, and a touchdown. On defense, he had 16 tackles and one tackle for loss. 
I mean, he was having, you know, a, at least a good start to the season, and unfortunately was cut short uh, due to injury. Hopefully he'll be back and, and fully healthy uh, and ready for his senior season. Because, again, this is a big back. He's got good speed. Um, again, you know, some of the things that I saw from him, um, you know, between Flat and Hellgate and in between uh, you know, just some of the things that I saw in highlights, there's a lot of things to like about Swetlin. He's athletic. He's got uh, good balance. I really like what I see from him in terms of power. He can definitely run over people if he wants to. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how Jacob Swetland comes back to this football team and what kind of weapon he can really be. He made some catches out of the backfield as well in his career at Hellgate. So this guy is going to be a real added weapon for whoever the next quarterback is going to be. As we mentioned, Dante Mairi will not be the returning starter as he graduated. Uh, you also then have to look at, as I mentioned, those two guys, Ian Finch and Leo Filardi. Uh, Finch, 52 catches, 840 yards, 7 touchdowns on defense, 11 tackles, 2 pass deflections. You look at Filardi. 31 catches, 665 yards, 6 touchdowns, and also 10 tackles on defense. Kevin Lawrence on the defensive side, 38 tackles, 2 tackles for loss. Tommy Nilsson, one of the linemen, had 23 tackles, 2 tackles for loss. Lane Cooney on the defensive line as well, 17 tackles, 4 tackles for loss as well. Uh, so those are some key guys coming back uh, for the Hellgate Knights and Coach McMorris. When you talk about the touchdowns last season, Hellgate scored 20 according to Max Preps. Again, a lot of these numbers and these stats are coming from Max Preps. So the seniors scored five of those touchdowns while 15 were scored by underclassmen. So 23% of the total points scored last season were by seniors, where 76% of the points scored are coming back. So again, as I mentioned with CMR, for Hellgate, 76% of your point total coming back, that's great. That's good news. Again, uh, uh, Hellgate they did not attempt too many extra points or field goals for that matter. They did go for two quite a bit as, as, as much as I remember. And so uh, we'll see if that's a trend this year. But that kind of leads into my questions for this team. Um, for one, if there's anybody that can kick the football, will there be somebody to kick the football? Um, and they're going to have to find another signal caller. As we saw last year, this team really did go to an air raid style uh, with quarterback Dante Mayuri. This team wanted to throw the football. Uh, when Dante Mayuri had time, he was definitely uh, able to make some big-time throws and, and big-time plays for this Hellgate Knight offense, which was able to get to their big-time playmakers. Guys like Sweatland and Finch and Filardi and Terzo as well last year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who that next signal caller will be. Uh, I, I don't know if that will be a change in philosophy. Uh, again, from year to year, you know, one of the things with offenses is always going to depend on what your quarterback can do. Um, some years you got a great quarterback that could throw the football. Some years you're going to have to lean on some other things. So – very curious to see what Hellgate does this year with their offense, but you know it's going to revolve around two guys in particular, uh, Ian Finch and Leo Filari, just get their playmakers, the football, and let them make plays. I can imagine Jacob Sweatland as well, and other players to be involved, but obviously, you know, again, who's going to take over uh, at the quarterback position? Uh, one of the other things is is uh, Nelson and Cooney leading the way for the offensive and defensive lines. Who else is going to help them up front, whether to be open holes for Sweatland or be able to protect the next quarterback? Uh, can Filardi and Finch both reach 1,000 yards or double-digit touchdowns? I think so, but again, obviously depends on the signal caller and uh, whether or not they can get him the football. Uh, defense, how much can they improve this upcoming season? Very similar to CMR. Again, not a lot in terms of the interception or turnover numbers and sack numbers. Who can be guys that change that for this Hellgate defense? Who can create turnovers, whether it be fumbles or whether it be interceptions? who can create some short fields for their offense and at the same time, too, 
Uh, we've seen the last couple of years for Hellgate. Who can be that all-around player? Uh, you look at Raleigh Wooster a couple of years ago, what he did on defense as well as the offense. And we look at Ryan Volstead as well from last year. Who can replace him? Who can be that guy this year for the Hellgate Knights? Uh, we'll have to find out. But that's, like I said, a question for this team as well. While looking at the outlook for this football team, the Hellgate Knights have been a steady improving football team. They haven't had the most talent, but they ma they maximize what they have in terms of talent. I think Finch and Filardi are right up there as the best one-two punch at wide receiver. I think the only team that could potentially challenge Hellgate in that department would be Billings West wide receiving core. I think, you know, between uh, at least in terms of number one and number two receivers, I think it's Hellgate or Billings West. You could debate which one of those two teams has the best one-two punch at that position. I think it's only those two teams right now that can it can really make the case or that argument. Uh, there are a lot of young players that have game experience, and they can be those players that make improvements and can be a force this season potentially. I think this is an interesting team because they could be in the Western Conference, be a team that could get some wins. Right now, I think this is a fringe playoff team and could be more depending on who takes over at the quarterback position and how the defense gets or can get pressures or turnovers, something that definitely needs uh, or going to need improvement this upcoming season. When you talk about the Hellgate Knights schedule, on the road, not too many times on the road, uh, at Belgrade, uh, they're at Capital, and they're at Glacier. Otherwise, on the home schedule, they have CMR. They've got, obviously, Sentinel and Big Sky. they got Helena, and they've got Flathead, and they've got Butte. So... Like I said, the Hellgate Knights uh, with quite a few home games. Don't have to leave Missoula all that much, so that's good for them when you don't have to go away from home too much. That's always good news and usually can be a recipe for success. That's going to do it for our Way Too Early Look series. That'll finish up Episode 2, Part 2 of the Knock On Sports Show podcast. We'll break down four more high school football teams next week here on the Knock On Sports Show podcast. That'll do it for us here as we wrap things up. Remember to hit the subscribe button on the Knock On Sports Show podcast. You can hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the Podbean app. If you've got comments, leave comments at the bottom of the episode or hit me up on email at knockonsports at gmail.com knockonsports all one word n-a-c-h-o-n-s-p-o-r-t-s at gmail.com or you can follow me on twitter or facebook at the knock on sports show that's going to do it for us here on the knock on sports show podcast as i said i will have a bonus episode of the podcast coming out later this weekend make sure you tune in for that as we'll take more of a look at our all-state players on defense and special teams uh should be a really fun bonus episode that i bring to you guys like i said uh, obviously in episode one we talked a lot about the offensive players on the all-state team uh that ran nearly 30 minutes so we really didn't get a chance to get too much in the defensive players i knew i'd run over on this uh on these episodes as well so a bonus episode coming out later this weekend make sure you check it out at the knockout sports show podcast once again want to say congratulations to all the graduates from the class of 2021 uh again congrats getting through this challenging uh, high school year and wish you nothing but the best this has been the knock on sports i'm your host anthony knock and i am knocking out